This is the Infinite Podcast with my beloved friend Ulf and me, Einstein. Right now, I'm actually traveling. I'm on the other side of the pit. I'm in California. Ulf is back in Norway, so I'm on my own over here. And I'm meeting with today a really exciting woman. Her name is Kim Trotman, and uh, she's a beautiful soul. She works with spirituality. She works with regression, like past life regression, going back to past lives to heal and resolve trauma and experiences. She is a very insightful soul with a lot of knowledge about how everything is connected. And I'm so excited to share our conversation with you. Um, I met Kim the first time on my travel back in 2015, uh, which was the beginning of my huge awakening. And now I'm actually back here in Newport, California. And where better to start than to meet with Kim again for a new regression. And before we go into our conversation, I'd like to share my project, Finding Malibu. I'm writing the book Finding Malibu. It's a traveling uh, journal, you could also say about my travels into the spiritual realm and also into the physical realm of following my intuition. It's a book that is in the writing right now and meeting with Kim is actually part of the story. So if you want to find out more on that, visit my webpage findingmalibu.com. I would also like to add, when we talk about bending spoons during the podcast, you can actually watch a movie where there's a link attached to this episode where where Kim is demonstrating how it, it's done. And now, let's meet with Kim Trotman. Welcome, Kim. Hi. It's nice to... I'm so glad that you wanted to be a guest on... Uh, this podcasts. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's yeah. fun to talk about these things. It is. Yeah. And for our guests, uh, just want to mention the way that I know you, and that's uh, that through my travels in the Cal- in California, mm-hmm. I I actually don't remember how I found you. I think it was a Google search or something. It could be the yeah. first time because the first time we met was in 2015. Yeah. And I came here to. Uh, get a regression mm-hmm. uh, and that was a powerful experience but I also what I remember most is is the conversations we had like I, I don't remember how long I was here but it <laughs> it felt like it was at least two or three hours and yeah it was to me back then but also this time when we met yesterday it's like I j- I'm just so grateful for those kind of conversations. You oh, know? good. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I love it. And especially that first time, it was like so good to meet someone who could kind of hold that whole space to explore and be open about things. So, yeah. yeah. I actually, a, a lot of clients and people that come in, they'll tell me things like they've never... Um, they can't talk to anybody in their life about those things. And yeah. <clears throat> I've thought about I should start a support group or something mm. for older souls that, you know, know those things and want to talk about them. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah because th- i think uh, when i came here the first time i i had started opening up things so i i was just getting a few friends in my life at that moment time where we could start talking about these things but i yeah in the beginning it was really hard to find such people uh and every time I did find someone, it was like, wow, <laughs> I'm so grateful for this because I've been longing for it, you know. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times I think, um, you know, you kind of vibrate at a certain place and mm. your aura, your energy around you kind of reflects where you're vibrating at. And usually my clients tend to be more in the the. It's your chakras, your energy centers match like the light spectrum. And Mm. so your heart chakra is like green and then you go up into blue, which is your throat and that's communication. And, you know, and then you go into like your third eye area, which is lavenders. And Mm. then the crown is um, kind of like all colors, you know, which makes white. Yeah. And I, I, most of my clients are in that range you know, I occasionally get someone with some orange, which is down below your, um, you know, solar plexus, um, kind of in your reproductive area. And those are usually really creative people. Yeah. And sometimes as people talk, yellows will come up in their coloring and it's um, like their sense of self. So if, like, say if they have a green aura and it starts to wash out into kind of a light with yellows, then I know like they're insecure about something or worry about something. And so I notice when people are kind of starting out and they're trying to vibrate um, lower to fit in with the world. And you just hit those moments where you're like, it just doesn't feel right or feel real. And you start to kind of really have some shifts in your truth and what you know you start to accept what you know yeah and then your vibration starts to kind of shift up and get faster and in a different wavelength and a lot of times the people you knew you just they're just not as interesting and they think you've gotten a little weird and and then you start attracting people that vibrate like you do so at the new place and a lot of times when people have past life regressions like you did, um, there it's kind of a weird core shift. Yeah. You know, it does sort of realign something. And then often you understand things better and you feel better, but then you also might have your life change a little bit. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So can you tell something about what it is because uh, as we now know you you're doing uh, regression mm-hmm. uh, but how uh, can you can you explain what that actually is and and also tell something about how you started working with that and what's your background to find the sure. work that you do well past life regression i trained with dr brian weiss and he he's a psychiatrist and he wrote a book called many lives many masters and he's written other books after that but he basically you know left brain harvard trained um just you know very scientific and he was working with a client and she wasn't improving and she had phobias and 
They worked for about two years and tried medications. And finally, he thought he'd try hypnosis and maybe see if possibly she had something from her childhood she couldn't remember. And so they were kind of looking around, found possibly a couple things. And finally, he just said, okay, well, just go back to when it started. And then all of a sudden, she started describing a tidal wave like three, 4,000 years ago and seeing people that... You know, she recognizes people she knows now, but, you know, they all basically drown. And and her, one of her phobias was water was really getting worse and worse. Yeah. And so when she came out of it, and I think she was like a born-again or evangelical Christian, so she didn't believe in past lives, and he didn't. And so they were both kind of like, huh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that was weird. And yeah, yeah but she it was so dramatic and and then when she came back the next time she was way better like the phobia had almost gone away and so he you know they both thought well you know I guess if that works let's look around and and she had talked about excuse me um, masters which I perceive as guides and she saw him like a like a council or something and so every once in a while she would say something or reference them and um at one point she started talking to him in a like kind of a different um wording and and said to him this is what you're gonna do and he she told him things about his dad that had passed away and his son that died at um, he, like his heart was in backwards or something mm. really specific weird things and it was before the internet and she had no way to know it and she was saying that she was one of these masters it, like it was just channeling through yeah. and then afterwards she didn't remember any of it but he recorded the session so he had to do like a real cognitive shift at that point and kind of come to terms with the fact that something was going on that he couldn't explain and and it it just after that you know it just seemed like you know his life path was kind of laid out for him and so when I um I used to do um civil design and I designed highways and toll roads in the area Mm -hmm. and land surveying and you know (laughs) manly stuff yeah yeah, manly left brain stuff and um I had finally understood my karma from that period, and I felt like I got kind of led out of it um, after that into, you know, what I do now, all very um, seemingly fluky, you know. And just to back up a bit, um, I've always seen auras and spirits, Mm. and my um, dad's mom was very um, intuitive and astral projected and she's kind of I guess spiritualist I would say living in Washington state and she would talk to me about it and you know I had a like an experience that I was really adamant about that I had a little man in my crib and he took my sock and Mm. I made my parents take the crib apart and look for it and couldn't find it and you know so it really made an impression so it's kind of like the family joke but I knew it happened you know Mm. and I just had different experiences along the way and 
But, you know, my dad was a nuclear physicist and my mom, you know, was worked in um, like Caltech at the wind tunnel and my sister's an engineer, or a lawyer, and my brother's an engineer, and I'm married to a chemical engineer. So, you know, there's a lot of left brain going yeah, on there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, of course, was, you know, if I had my just first wish, I, I guess I thought I would study art, but that wasn't practical. So I was going to school in business management and marketing, and mm. I just started drafting to make money on the side and it was right before computer graphics came out and everything was still mainframe and I am um, learned to do computer graphics just at the dawn of it mm. and you know old plotters would you yeah. type in commands and plotters would go draw the picture and you'd change the paper mm. and then we got screens and then you know so it's pretty mm. back <laughs> Back before the undo button, basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then PCs yeah. came out, and um, but yeah, I everywhere I went because I was working in a male-dominated field, and my karma had to do with um, standing up for myself. And I'm I was always really sensitive and quiet, and my sister was really bossy, and my mom was pretty, you know, ADHD. I would have to say, you know, mm -hmm. probably undiagnosed, but. So I was quiet, and my brother, you know, was younger, and my dad was fairly quiet, and so I just um, got run over a lot, basically, by my mom and sister, and then when I got into this field, I did just not, women just weren't really, there weren't hardly any women doing yeah. it, and yeah. so I got a lot of... Um, you know, like I'd most people, most of the guys were fine, but I'd get the one or two that were very, like, not nice and would be critical. And it would just trigger this thing in me where I'd, I'd show them and I'd learn more and I'd, you know, mm -hmm. really study up and get good at whatever it was. And, and then I'd finally leave and get a better job and think, oh, screw them, you know. Yeah. And, it just kept happening everywhere I went, you know, and I, I was trading up, you know, and finally I landed in a place where I felt very, pretty respected, you know, and, and I, you know, worked on the toll roads for 12 years and doing conceptual design and and then I went and started an office with an engineer, and I was head of CAD department, head of the IT department, and setting all that up, and there was this little engineer, and I just mm. thought I was going to have to kill him. <laughs> I mean, he just was so irritating, and and it would just trigger me, and I'd just be like, God, why is there just... I remember having this big thought of, is there just... Like, is this what it is? There's all these jerks out there. Yeah. And I just got this big wave of, and I'm sure it was guides, you know, like, well, why do you believe him? You know, and you're mm -hmm. good at what you do. And I thought, I am really good at what I do, you know. And, I, and it wasn't until that point, it took that for it to dawn on me that I was creating the whole thing. Mm because I had an insecurity that I didn't belong there. I didn't have a degree in engineering, even though I was working with all engineers and getting paid like an engineer. Yeah. 
but I didn't have a degree in it. And so, and then, you know, just, I guess, being bossy, my sister was supposed to be the smart one, you know. And mm. so I, um, all that time, I felt insecure about that I didn't belong. And it would attract that one or two people that would realize they could kind of hold power over me by not giving me approval or saying, oh, that's good. Everybody else could be saying it, and but I'd focus on the one or two that were being jerks yeah. and try to show them I was I deserved to be there. And, and it's really funny. It just kind of healed at that point. And even that little engineer, he started being nice and respectful and uh, and he was rude to other people, and they were like, kind of like, what is happening? Mm. <laughs> but something shifted in my energy field, and then I just, that stopped. And then it was just shortly after that that I was having kind of a a thought of I'd like to work from home and just part-time and and, you know, maybe do art part of the time. I was thinking when I retired and... And then within a month, my boss asked me if I'd work from home, and I was kind of upset about it because I thought, oh, he's trying to get his son-in-law in there. And But I made him buy me stuff to work at home. And, and then when I was working from home after six months, and, and it took me about a month to realize I had actually manifested that. Mm. And I asked my husband, what would you think if I went out on my own? Because I brought the clients in, I trained everybody to do the work. I, you know, have all the files, I set everything up myself. And he was kind of nervous, because his dad worked same place 30 some years, he'd been at his job 30 some years. And, but he said, okay, and I didn't want to steal clients. So I thought, well, I'll just see what happens. The next morning, I get a phone call to come into the office. Yeah. And and it's funny, the day that I asked him, I asked for a sign, and I, I got it. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay. The next morning, they call me to come in, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And I went in there, and they laid me and everybody off doing the drawings. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to tick off the boss, you know, because he had hired all of us and set up the office. But so I was just like, okay, you know, and I just went and called the clients and said, I've got all the stuff at my house and I'll, I'll cut your price a little and, Mm. you know, do the work from home. And they're like, okay. And so I doubled what I was making and, Mm. you know, and, and then it just progressed from there. So I felt very led out of it. Yeah. And I was doing readings at a couple of um, places, and that was all kind of odd. I, I mean, I kind of almost stumbled into the one, and my other work was slowing, slowing. And I, the lady looked extremely familiar to me. I didn't know why. And we started talking, and I'm sure I have a past life with her. Mm. And I said, I've thought about doing readings, and I didn't know she was a reader. And then she said, oh, come on, I'll introduce you to the manager. Just, you know, try it. Mm. And I'm, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he had me do a reading for him, and then he said, well, I only have six hours a week, and normally they would have you stay there 30 hours a week, no matter whether you were working or not. And I was... Okay. 
I couldn't have done that. So I was like, okay. And then I went home and told my husband and he about had a heart attack and (laughs) thought I'd have to grow my fingernails and wear a turban or something after that. But, and then I started, because it was pure strangers, I started um, understanding what was my own intuition and, you know, what, what was my logical mind because when you're reading friends there's always that thought of well maybe i just know that Mm, and in hindsight i think i'd always been kind of reading people and giving them advice and not understanding i was kind of doing that Mm. but yeah and so then it just went from there to training with brian weiss and um, learning past life regression and and then at a certain point i heard this more information that I needed to be more visible Mm. and I was like oh god no you know because I really hated to be you know like out in public and things like that had happened to me where I'd gotten pushed out and Mm. just you know it was a phobia and and right after that I got asked to do a podcast and then I my friend's daughter was in a class at Chapman University and she said, I feel like you should meet the teacher. Like she's, you talk about energy and she talks about it. And I thought, well, that sounds like an interesting class at a university. Mm. And then she told me after about a week or two that the teacher wanted me to speak Mm. at the class. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll do it. Mm. Because that's what I thought when I heard that you need more visible is, okay, you just, you show me what what it is. And then that all happened. And and then like a day and a half before I was going to speak, she said, the teacher said, oh, you can have the whole three hours, three hours. And I just was like, oh my God. And so I had already decided, you know, I was going to talk about, clients cases you know things that had happened and then show them spoon bending Mm. so at the time I didn't have a like a supplier now I buy them in bulk but (laughs) but I had them I told the teacher to have them bring in their own spoons Mm. and then um, I my friend's daughter Brittany she said uh, one of the guys had volunteered to be um, hypnotized and do a past life regression from the class and I thought, you know, the induction, the part where you're hypnotizing the person is kind of, it's a little long. Yeah. And I thought they might get bored. So I decided I would just go ahead and try to do a group hypnosis. Mm. So I just really put myself out there and it all went great. And there were some skeptics and one of them had a really involved past life, you know, that he remembered and... um one of the other skeptical guys was really good at spoon bending. And so it was really f- yeah. fun to see the, you know, because a lot of them were like pre-med and they were just taking the class because they thought it'd be easy credit. And, yeah. and it was just fun to see kind of the the shock or the seeds planted, I guess. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, also the, the spoon bending the whole spoon bending thing when you showed me that when I was there in yeah. 2015. That was like, I've heard about it before. And there actually is a spoon right in front of us here <laughs> that is bent. Um, I've heard about it before. Uh, 
and I didn't I hadn't thought much about it but but when you did it and I and also when you have had me have the experience myself of doing it it was yeah it really kind of lifted me out of some patterns you know it, without me yeah choosing to do so it's just like you at some point your brain realize you cannot hold on to the old paradigm anymore it's impossible yeah because you can truly see yourself it doesn't work i mean so yeah. well and you're yeah. influencing something that you really shouldn't be able to influence yeah. that way and i actually at a conference it was a um called the UFO Congress, there was an engineer there that he worked for Boeing for 30 years. And mm. my one of my friends was there and he um, said, Oh, she can, she's a real deal. She can bend spoons. And so I showed him yeah. and I didn't unbeknownst to me, he just, this just really caught his attention. And, and he contacted me like three years later and wanted to have lunch and he had taken it into Boeing and showed a materials specialist and a couple engineers and the materials specialist was saying, you, that's not possible. It was a trick. And he's yeah. like, no, I saw her do it. Like yeah. it was like right there. And, and but, yeah. But it's like when I showed it to some friends as well, it's like at some point I start questioning myself again. Like mm -hmm. was, was this always possible anyway? So there is no trick, there is no kind of shift or there is no nothing. Because yeah. now it's natural that is of course it's possible. So Yeah, so you so can the, just the do kind it. of miracle is away gone in, in a way, you know. Yeah. Well and you yeah. know, every time I've had people say that, like in class, like and what's hilarious is sometimes the really strong guys aren't they can't wrap their mind around it. Mm. And then the littlest person in the class or kids will just be like, Oh, this is neat and they so simple. But it, it really is just knowing you can do it. Yeah. And it's the same as like healing energy or prayer energy. It's just projecting your energy and the thought to do it, like an intention to do it. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know if you can see that big spoon over there. It's like a soup ladle type of thing. Yeah. Or my husband brought that. And so how, just for our listeners, how big would you say it is? It's like... How many inches or centimeters? Maybe like three inches across yeah. and four and a half or yeah. five. So quite big. It's a big spoon, yeah, and it's thick. Mm -hmm. And he said, can you bend this? And I can usually look at something now and just feel if I can do it or not. Mm -hmm. And you have some days where you're just not, don't have a lot of energy and other days where you're, it's so simple. Yeah. But I knew I could, and so I just, went ahead and did it and he's just like oh my god because he had tried it and he can bend things just you know he's not as um fluid like yeah. he has to work himself up and he's got a heavier left brain side to him mm. but but i usually tell people if you question it just bend something heavier yeah like try something that you know yeah, is harder mm. yeah but it definitely kind of shows you, you know, that it's it's called psychokinesis, you know, mm. but it and there's that guy, Yuri Geller, that kind of put it on the map. I'd never heard of it before that, but it fascinated me ever since I heard of him. And yeah. and so, yeah, I learned from a aeronautical engineer named Jack Hauk 
that has a website that, you know, I hopefully it's still on there. He passed away, but it was he's very technical about it, but he learned it in Russia. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a interesting thing. Mm. Helps clear those blocks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> wow. So another thing I thought was interesting about what you said is like this when you sense that okay you need to be more out there or you need to can you describe how how does that feel to you that the that kind of inner guidance or in like intuition how do you work with that in your life it kind of it's interesting because it reminds me of telepathy or something Mm. and when i do readings the information's kind of a combination of things like um a lot of times it just feels like you know something all of a sudden um a lot of times i kind of perceive it coming from some place you know around me um and it when i'm doing reading sometimes i'll hear words or i'll um get an emotion for a moment Mm -hmm. or i'll feel something in my body and it's like a combination of all those characteristics and Mm -hmm. i they call them the clairsentience clairvoyance but you know in real normal terms you know it's it's just how we receive information and i it's hard to describe because it's usually not specific words it's just a like a thought and knowing that's what it is Mm. how is there a way to 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 kind of train yourself that you would recommend like how how do you explore that field if you're if it's new to you a lot of times um there's you know like i'm listening to this book right now called american cosmic Mm -hmm. and she studies religion and um as it relates to ufology and she's wound up like being friends with jacques Vallée and all these high-tech guys that work in you know the weird black budget Mm -hmm. projects and um the couple of them have described it like they just kind of get in a like almost like a meditative state and then they realize thoughts are coming in that they don't they just seem different from their own there is kind of a because it will it will seem kind of almost like as if some person sitting across from you said something like that to you Mm. you know it just doesn't seem like something like you're imagining things or daydreaming it's like it just drops in how do you like trust it like i think that that was one of my uh phases to go through like how can i trust this or is it like could it be like influenced by dark energy or like all these things like how do you find a balance and the trust to you know, kind of what I've just discovered over time, because like when I was really little and I saw spirits, I didn't, I, you know, it could have been a cat. I just really didn't know how to mm-hmm. feel about any of it. Then you start watching movies and, and then religion plays a lot for people and, yeah. you know, everything's the devil or it's just, you know, scary and And so then I went through that phase and then we were living in a haunted house at the time, you know, it was brand new, but it was Indian ground and Mm. who knows, you know, maybe it used to be orange orchards, (coughs) excuse me. And they, um, 
could have you know it could have been like burial ground or sacred ground i don't know but you know i'd wake up and there'd be someone standing at the end of my bed and um i had my name called out of the closet i was just terrorized Mm -hmm. and i actually when i was a teenager in that house i read the exorcist and that Mm -hmm. just really put me over the top you know with fear and there are those energies i mean i've I feel like I kind of got a training in that from my guides because they do exist. And like when I worked at the 12, a 12 step store doing readings, I saw like attachments like with people Mm -hmm. and usually it's people that have blacked out, you know, a lot, or they've been abused or molested. Um, A lot of times things attach when they're kids or when they're in heavy drug use or alcoholism or something, they can allow something to attach. Usually there's a little bit of an agreement Mm. and people that have it kind of know they do. And it's like when you're talking to somebody that has something like that, they'll change, like you'll see almost like you're talking to a different person all of a sudden. Yeah. So it's kind of like you've picked up a hitchhiker and they want to drive part of the time. Mm. And, what do you as mean that that's, that's something they've chosen to do in a sense? Or that's, what's that what you're saying? Or? Well, I through being all terrorized and yeah. realizing there really were scary things, I feel like I got trained to understand my own fight and flight, my own fear yeah. versus what actually is creepy energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to kind of learn to distinguish that and then not be afraid of it because mm. it's really not that powerful. Yeah. And I, it took me a while to understand that. And when normal, like say somebody's, like the other day I had a woman come to the door and there was this man with her and she wanted to make an appointment and he seemed really nice and smiling. And, and so she was here from the Bahamas and, um, I, my girlfriend was with me that I've known since second grade and Mm. she's kind of intuitive and. I made the appointment, the lady came in the next day, and I, I assumed it was her husband, maybe an older guy, and so I'm doing the reading, and um, her husband's energy seemed really awful, like kind of abusive and um, controlling, and I, so I said, do you mind my asking who was the man with you, because I thought maybe... Maybe she had a boyfriend or may, I really thought maybe it was, you know, a yeah. brother or something. And and she just like gave me the weirdest look and shot back. And she said, there wasn't anybody with me. I'm here by myself. And I'm like, yeah, there was. <laughs> like He was right behind you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very supportive, kind. And I realized it was her dad that had passed away. Wow. And I was kind of shocked because that's the most solid apparition I've seen in a while I just Mm. assumed he was real Mm. and I asked my girlfriend she saw him too I think a lot of people would have seen him honestly I I was amazed by it Mm. but normally I'll get more of an energy form like and and then I'll I've learned to pick pick up information like I'll sort of almost like reach my energy towards them and kind of it it's almost like feeling around for information and I'll get um, like in my mind's eye images, I'll get feelings of emotion. Mm. I'll get, um, you know, I'll try to find out like how they passed things like yeah. that. Occasionally I'll hear names, 
but it's a kind of a process like that but it it doesn't feel scary yeah it feels neutral I was, I, I was i remember i read a book i don't remember the, i don't remember the name now but but also seen it in in certain people especially people that might have this take on their role as a medium like mm-hmm. that they they explain themselves that way as sometimes there is this this uh tendency that because of my role mm-hmm. i need to take this burden on me and then they go into all this dark like heavy yeah. stuff and carry it around with them all the time you know and 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 there is this good intention in a way mm-hmm. that there it is because of my role i need to take this burden and it it seems and really yeah painful to to hold on to that i don't think it's necessary it's really uh, yeah not the way to go yeah. i've heard like mothers say oh i said give me the pain and mm. you can feel it you know like when i'm rummaging around i'll i'll let it impress on me briefly just so i understand it yeah. but the like when I train, you know, different healing methods and, you know, with Reiki, you're bringing energy down through you and then out Mm. like forward. And, you know, so you're not, nothing's coming back. It's kind of like probably getting an IV or something. And when you really need to have a strong energy boundary, and I call it like a You've got a healthy energy immune system. Mm. You know, it's yeah, strong and built and and you know pretty well where you start and stop. And a lot of that's just noticing it, paying yeah. attention. I've learned so much over time. Mm. But when I was younger and most people I think think like this, you think because you can't necessarily see spirits a lot of people can't i don't know i just can maybe genetics or something but um but they feel it and then they get all terrified and you go into fight or flight and they feel like there's it can just come into you or it can you know Mm. like do anything at once and it really can't Mm. it actually takes like a permission to to come in and that's why i'm not a huge fan of channeling i mean because i i've you know thought about it and to me it's just like no you just stay over there and tell me and then i'll tell the person i've also gone through that because i right now i'm experimenting a bit with channeling but Mm -hmm. it's like these two different ways of actually go about it in a sense that i i'm not it doesn't to me it doesn't feel right that kind of takeover channel you know yeah like they take over you where you black out yeah. don't remember anything I don't, I don't like that one That's i haven't tried either but I, yeah. it doesn't feel right it's but the way of connecting and letting it through you that makes sense to me yeah in a way, like. and it's too close to um attachments and possession in yeah. my head and it, you know it's funny like i did a um a skype thing for Jaime Musan, who's well known in um, Mexico for a, a show he was doing called Tercer Millenniano and I was just the you know the hypnotic expert mm-hmm. and it was just so short you barely saw it but they were um, investigating um, Stan Romanek and he said he was he's a well-known um, abductee and okay. you know yeah. he was fairly public a few years back and um he claimed to be interviewing this or um, channeling this guy, this alien called Grandfather. And 
he but he did write out some physics equations and some ancient Sumerian and and he did it even in hypnosis with his eyes closed mm. and he's he's kind of a little bit of an odd person and there's been some accusations that he's you know like a flim flam guy and mm. but that's not uncommon in that field but he I feel like he is a true contactee but yeah. I was telling them you can't just people sometimes give information that's channeled way more um, credibility or credence because it came that way and mm. you shouldn't yeah it should only be yeah. if it really makes sense or means something you yeah. know because honestly people that channel Especially when they're dabbling, you don't know who it is. Yeah, that's true. It could be sure. just, you know. Could be anyone. Yeah, serial uh, killer, creepy guy, yeah. Mother yeah. Teresa. <laughs> you know, you're just not sure sometimes. That's mm, true. So, yeah, so until you get a pretty good spiritual immune system, I would kind of be careful with it. Yeah. And then I don't think there's any problem. I get information by... Yeah, just going in the energy field of the being and letting them kind of give me thoughts. It seems like to me that sometimes it's easier for people to allow information in if it's like uh, in the container of being a channel information. Right. Uh, but I think like when you're actually the the higher uh, way of doing it would be that you you doesn't need to be this or that way in the sense that uh, doesn't need to be labeled channeled by this and this uh, spirit or whatever right yeah. and i mean honestly we're all kind of you know there's different terms for yeah the ethers or the collective unconscious sure. morphic resonance you know akashic records it's mm. just the energy that we're all swimming in and we're all part mm. of and everything's made of and That's why you can know things about somebody across the world or yeah. why you can go back into the past or look forward or mm. do that so. because we're just in that whole sea of it. And our bodies are just our cars. Yeah. You know, our soul is connected. Mm. So when you work with uh, people, how how much of your work is actually regression and what is other things? and? It kind of shakes out. It'll go in spurts, but yeah. it kind of shakes out um, 50-50 with yeah. readings, healings. I have some people that just want their chakras balanced, you know, and we do a reading in that. And, um, and mo you know, and then the other half is people that want to do a regression. Yeah. Some just, you know, I can see they have a lot of past life influence in their reading, mm. and they'll decide they want to try it. And then other people know about it, you yeah. know, probably more like you, where maybe you'd heard of it or yeah. were curious. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember at the time exactly where I was in my process, because I, when I was here the first time, I had tried it, and I had, I had a, a really powerful experience back in Norway, which was that I went, I found this person. Mm -hmm. um, no, actually, that was uh, I mixed up two different things now. <laughs> I think the first time I did it was um, in a hotel room listening to an, a YouTube guide. Oh, okay. And I got this strong image. Um, 
of a past life okay. with a lot of details in it. Yeah. Um, and this was in a time where I just started started doing what you know this i told you i'm writing a book now it's called finding mm -hmm. malibu right the whole thing about this book is to follow your inner guide you know and, and realize that you have intuition and, and that there are guides with you and helping you and all these things you know? right so uh this whole idea started during that time which was probably 2014 or something yeah um, and i i was very focused on that at the time following the signs you know and, and and I, after having that experience, I think the same day or the day after, I was in a in a town, small town in Norway, at a job, mm -hmm. and I was just going out to, I think, to just go for a walk, and um, I was going, passing by this uh, cafeteria or something, and I yeah. heard someone uh, talking with a accent or dialect uh, in Norway from another town far away from where I was <laughs> and I and I just got this insight like wow I have to go to Bergen oh uh, I need to go and I don't <laughs> know why and then uh, and then there was uh, at the time I was very free I didn't have a job I was working freelance uh, small jobs here and there because I was also intensely going through an awakening I, I wasn't functioning in <laughs> daily life that very much uh, so I had a lot of time you know right uh, so the day after I just uh, actually the same day I, I I bought the train ticket to the town yeah and I went there oh. um, and I was going on this mountaintop where I could have a view over the whole city in Bergen yeah. it's a small town on the west coast not that small really but um, <laughs> yeah so I was and then I had this this idea that okay can i can i maybe is, is there a hike to walk to that i can take down to to get more air yeah um, and i opened my google maps and for some reason the gps wasn't it showed me a totally different place in bergen huh like wow why, what's happening here <laughs> and I w as i was trying to navigate my finding where i was i realized wow that building looks very familiar oh how come <laughs> uh, and then and then i just got this you know shock in my body like wow can it be that <laughs> building that i saw in the dream or in the regression yeah and i i knew i had to check it out and as I, as I was going there i cl uh, getting closer and closer i got these chills in my body and i was like i was so freaked out because i knew that okay there is something here yeah um, and i had to i had to come into the the backyard of the, this huge building and because the what i saw in the regression was that i was working in a big office mm -hmm. i was some kind of a, a doctor or something yeah so it's a huge office uh, and there was one person standing in the doorway telling me i had to come outside oh. of the building and she was leading me outside and we was watching out in the backyard huge backyard yeah um and there was like dead people wow. everywhere and people working with dead people like uh packing them in or like huh. um and there was blood everywhere and there was a like a really weird place yeah you know? um and i didn't ex understand what it was or anything and i this person i saw i i didn't realize if it was like a, a, an employee or or if it was like my wife or something i wasn't sure about that those right. things right 
Bressel, every all of that. So when yeah, I well. when I went into the, I couldn't go into the building, but I could go in the in the backyard, and I just everything was the same, you know, like wow. uh, the same details on the building. So I was I was shocked, like yeah. And then I um, a few hours later, I I remember I was sitting on a on the stairs of a church in the city. Uh, with a good view over the whole city. I was sitting there and feeling like really alone in this experience because it was so new to me. Yeah. And I messaged um, like a, a spiritual teacher that I knew. Mm-hmm. I had just get, gotten to know. Um, and I asked him, like, do you think it would be possible that uh, this whole idea about past life is really true? Yeah, and I remember he was just saying one word, like yes, <laughs> <laughs> and that gave me permission, you know, to like, okay, if he can believe it, I can also allow right. myself to explore that deeper, you know. What's interesting about you know, like people like you and me, mm. and and really anybody that's interested in this stuff, there's you, there's all sorts of opinions and ideas all over the place, and I know when I was working on my website, I I just was trying not to use like weird buzzwords. I just wanted to try to write it in normal language. Yeah. And, but you can get very, like people will be very adamant and dogmatic about their beliefs and what's true. Mm. And they'll say, this yeah. is true. And it, you know, maybe it is for them, but it might not be for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And when people are first exploring everything's possible you know you don't know what to believe or buy and the best way is just if it feels right to you yeah you know if because you know when you're growing up I mean I didn't have a ton of religious dogma in my childhood but I know a lot of people do and you know they're told strict rules and regulations and then school and science and you can't believe this and and it a lot of times that resistance or fear isn't really coming from you. It's all yeah. the stuff people have it's told true. you. And and, I, and for me, I think one of my biggest like uh, blocks in the beginning, at least, and still sometimes, is that this idea that I, I since I've developed this analytical mind, right? I'm I think that if I cannot like present it as clear and and as true uh, right. in a perfect way, um, it's not going to be okay for the other person to yeah. to uh, receive my message or experience. You know? It's uh, really funny because I've learned over time, like when I studied with the medium, I I would never like approach someone and say, oh, you know, Uncle Bob's by you or something. Yeah. But, but like an engineer, an experience I had at the office... Um, he that office also had a ghost that would walk up and down the halls but Mm. i was working late with uh one of the girls that worked for me and um that we were the only two there and we heard the alarm on the door like it opened and closed but just the beep Mm. so we look out the door of the office towards the front and the doors closed so and then there's a like a long hallway where the ghost would walk up and down and and the other door so she went hauling down that hallway and then and checked that door and i opened the other one and looked out and there's no one and she came back and she said no it was locked and then she said i saw something floating down the hallway Mm. 
And I said, okay, let's go look. So we start moving that direction, you know, and the first office on the right, I am, and there's always a lot of energy there. And I think it was across the way, there was a hub where I did all the, um, you know, connections for the computers and, you know, it could have been putting off EMFs. And I think that gives energy to spirits, Mm -hmm. but we turned into the first office and that's one of the few times where I got that whole, like my hair stood up, Mm. you know, like you feel the get out or like, who are you? And, and I was just like, it's in here. And it just, I, I felt like, okay, let's just go. So we got our stuff and went home and, and then I, the next day I asked one of the other um, engineers, like where the guy that was in that office, Wes was. And she said, oh, his mom died last night or yesterday and he's flying back to Poland to see her and I said really and I said what time and it was right at the time that happened and I think her soul must have attracted into his office to like looking for him and so when he came back I went in and I and I was debating this and I said Wes I have a ghost story for you and he's like okay and and I told him and he just listened and then he said you know the um the cousin that was sitting with his mom and the nurse the mom said um she's gonna go in about or the the nurse said she's gonna go in about five minutes and the cousin's like what what are you talking about Mm. and the nurse just knew and then while they were watching the mom, they after about five minutes, I could see her soul just leave. Mm. Like they saw the energy come out, and yeah. and then she wow. must have headed straight over to her son, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. and yeah, and so I was just kind of like, wow. But I, he, you know, typical engineer. I think that was all like a big surprise. But he was open to it because mm-hmm. of the time frame. Yeah. And I noticed the more I was willing to sort of tell people things, mm. the more information that came through. Mm. And it's the same way the more you have those experiences like, oh, I have yeah. to go to Bergen and then, oh, there's this weird building. And you know, the more you sort of listen to it and follow it, yeah, and it's not creating horrible mm. problems, you know, like it's like answering. Mm. You kind of feel... You might feel nervous, but when you get there, it's like, ah, oh, yeah. okay, this makes yeah, sense. It was a huge relief to Yeah, so to it's like you're following breadcrumbs. Because yeah. I think language is cumbersome, mm. Mm. but energy, feelings, and thoughts are more concise. Mm. And I think yeah. that's the way we get communicated yeah. with. And I think I remember in that time, it was, and also this trip I had in 2015 here, that, that whole period was really like so exciting even though it was hard because i had to yeah. go through a lot of emotion and cleaning up some things yeah but it was like this excitement the adventure of life like okay there are actually more to this and if yeah. i follow the signs if i follow my guide is like it will show me things that 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 makes me feel better yeah and, and one, one interesting thing as well about that story <laughs> with the regression is that that actually this year in January, I met this person who she contacted me through my videos online. And oh, yeah. She had this feeling like, okay, I know you. Oh. And I think we ha- we will work together. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know how, but I, I just know. And mm. and I was a bit skeptical, uh, to be honest, but I was also open. So we met and yeah. we sit down on sat down and talked and and I and the talk was flowing like instantly and it was so beautiful. But yeah. And then we start talking about past life's experiences and I was telling this story. Yeah. And I I like I got so emotional because I realized that she was the one standing in the doorway. <gasps> oh yeah. I see. It's so odd when there's that recognition yeah. because it just something feels so familiar. Mm. But I love that when you have that full recognition. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, it is. And now we actually have we have started one project together. We had one uh, workshop now with uh, me and her leading a workshop with five oh, five wow. people uh, just talking about intuition awareness and wow it was so beautiful uh, to have that experience as well and also t- for me to recognize that if I if I have the trust to fo- to like just let things unfold to yeah. to also be like wowed about the things that comes through me, you know, right. uh, guiding meditations in the group and the things I was speaking. It was like I was amazed. Like, where's this coming from? <laughs> but in a, in a very comfortable and yeah and trusting way. So yeah, you know, it's like when you come in, you sort of know some of that stuff, mm. but you do get amnesia, so you're not like yeah. running around killing people that hurt you in the past, or you know you get amnesia so it's like a clean slate Mm. and yet there are things you've learned in your soul and you know but then you get all this programming piled on top of you by parents by Mm. teachers by peers and then you spend the next while peeling all that back off but when you really get down to who you are and what rings right and what you enjoy it, things just get more and more magical and fun. Yeah. And a lot of people feel very, you know, like, oh, I have to go to work. I have to do, you know. And it's that can all shift, you know, if you kind of really get on your track and your path. And you'll be fine. Like, mm. you, you won't have to worry. And I think there's some people that their struggle is about um, abundance like they struggle with that concept but you know so that may be more of a challenge yeah but you know a lot of people are past that you know Mm. and so they it's more like love or friends or trusting life and but boy once you get into the you know the fun part it's really fun yeah it is yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the one question that that arised when you talked about this thing about seeing things or experiencing energies and mm. I think I, I'm not sure but I think I still actually I have some fear around one thing because I when it comes to experiencing like either people on the other side like people that have are died or uh, yeah. any kind of spirit is like it when I can sense it or when I can also have the, this experience of communicating or every, but I, then it's every time everything is like inside my mind in a way mm-hmm. but I still realized I've had some of these experiences where I just can I can lie in my bed and suddenly be 
extremely afraid that what if something actually comes into the physical? Yeah. Because I haven't really experienced that. It, I feel comfortable with everything that is not in the physical, <laughs> but that is like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. How do it's I how do I deal with that or how do I approach that? It's like, a funny thought because mm. I know um when I first started seeing realizing there were guides cuz I'd never really heard of that and I never really thought like you know people I think might think they're angels or mm. you know guides just a word but they're beings that are more mature that care about us and they want to help us and um this one my friend that I jokingly called her my psychic pimp that I've known mm. since college, she seemed to always introduce me to people I needed to meet and yeah. was very supportive of everything. And And she took me to this girl's house, and this girl was talking freely about her guides, and, you know, and she saw them, like, full on, like, mm. the way they looked, everything. And I just could see, too, like, energy forms. You know, one was sort of more of a pinkish, and the other one was like um more of just uh, like energy movement and the lights were flickering and that happens a lot when people first start um being attuned you know they'll just notice like glitchy stuff in electronics and but particularly lights because you can see it and get your attention Mm. and i started like going can you guys i started asking like can you guys see that or like you know i'm not sure if it's just me or if everybody can but I remember just going, what, now you have these people with you? Like, like, do they go into the bathroom with you? Or are they like, <laughs> you know, watch you sleep? Like, yeah. I was like kind of weirded out about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then you start to kind of realize they really don't care about human stuff like that. They yeah. care about your soul's progression. Mm-hmm. And creepy stuff has a much lower vibration And it's really funny with that same girl, she called my friend to have me come over. So we went over there like this, probably like six months later. And she said the one male guide had kind of gone and she, she didn't know why. And, but she felt something going on and she was sitting like in a corner and we were sitting across the way. And as she was talking, and this is the first and only time I've ever seen this, but a black cloud formed over her head. It got bigger and bigger, and wow. I could feel like a almost like how the lowest part of a piano, so a very low vibration, yeah. and it just was so creepy. And I'm like, uh, you know, you've got this little yeah. thing over your head, but, and yeah. it. She said, "Oh, I know what to do mm-hmm. about it," and so apparently she knew how to clear it. And I've mm. since. You know, anybody can clear their environment. There's really, you know, I think sometimes when people like claim they've gotten scratched or that kind of thing, they could be like expecting something and manifest it. Mm. Um, Their poltergeist activity a lot of times is coming from kids with crazy, it's like spoon bending, you know, they're they're upset and books will fly. some of it's not it's like us you know but the even full-on creepy energy cannot hurt you unless you let it in yeah and all you have to do is just ask your guides for help and say you know and visualize your room just cleared out Mm. and only for you and 
guides or people that are you know beings that are good yeah. for you yeah, it's, it's good to remember that i think it was a it has been a huge i remember it was a huge shift for me when i when i understood that concept of permission like yeah like you talked about earlier like that whole thing that i haven't connected those two things like the permission and yeah being afraid of those things but yeah because when you're a little kid um i mean i could give you a few examples mm. of when things attach to kids but yeah. um a lot of times they're afraid you know like they're being molested or beaten or left alone or something and then this energy just sees it like a predator and moves in like i'll be i'll protect you i'll keep you safe you know and mm. the kid's just like okay and you know it seems like a good idea at the time yeah. and then half the time they kind of forget that that ever even happened mm. and then it starts causing problems like wanting them to drink or d yeah. you know act out and yeah sometimes they don't remember there's there's one thing that i maybe you have some perspective on that i come to mind i and there is a friend that has mm. uh, he told me about this experience he had like he have had some issues with addiction mm -hmm. uh, like uh, with sugar especially yeah in an extreme way like um and um because on, on one side he's the healthiest guy i know yeah like he, he does all this uh thing about eating well and all these things but yeah he, and then he just he kind of turns around and he goes all into to being taken over by something i <laughs> just have to survive by just by eating actually so much sugar that he passes out wow it, yeah. yeah that sounds it's been a struggle for a long time yeah and he had this dream that um he was kind of fighting or something with some kind of a weird uh animal with i don't remember how it looked mm -hmm. and then it bit him oh uh, and he was actually waking up by that and s in and jumping the bed and actually hitting the wall uh, the, the, <laughs> the floor yeah and after that he actually had a mark on his fingers wow a physical mark by the and he felt that was connected with that kind of yeah the thing about the addiction so i mean i've could tell you a number of stories about that yeah it truly you can um not everything's human you know and not everything that some energies are just you know troublemakers like jinn or um you know tricksters or mm. they're just um see an opening see somebody's fear or issue and then they go in and you know yeah, uh exploit it yeah. yeah and then we all have things you know so that we're working on and yeah. um but the fear can really make it exacerbate mm. but it also um you know like w part of what i do i don't do it as much because i think a lot of attachments just don't want to come anywhere near me but you know in hypnosis detach them clear them you know because they can't really stay and a lot of times in hypnosis the person can really distinguish yeah there's something there they can visualize it and you know your guides and that can all be just cleared away and gone for good you know and i usually send it up for recycling you know yeah. Or, yeah. or someone can handle it but don't stick around and jump to your friend because i've mm. seen things like that jump family members mm. one um 
girl I worked with at the 12-step store, I had, you know, once again, I think my guides kind of pushed me into learning about this, but I was reading about it, and books just kept coming to me about it, and I was talking to her about it, and she had been in recovery for alcohol, and she, I overheard her telling one of the other girls that every time she was fooling around with a guy, she would start thinking heavily about drinking Jack Daniels, mm. and which seems so specific. And yeah. so I talked to her about attachments, and and I said, where were you when you were around that age? Because I don't know why that just comes up a lot, three. Mm. And... She, they had moved in with her grandfather that was like a famous um, football coach mm. had a horrible drinking problem with Jack Daniels mm. and he died when she was three yeah. and apparently glommed on and you know he's a football coach mm. you know probably didn't like the idea of fooling around with the guy and so he would rather she go drink and then yeah. he could do his thing and huh. and sometimes um you know, and then I offered to help her with that. And she's like, oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and so some people are comfortable with it yeah. or they don't, um, they let it come yeah. back. And I, and sometimes people with attachments, somebody else brings them to me, like fix them, you know. Mm. And like one woman, she, they had a series of um, like salon type stores and her husband was an engineer, but he helped with it. And he was half like Egyptian, half Iranian, and he very good looking guy. And his dad was like a prince or something. And they just put him in a boarding school and he was very young, like four or something. And he'd maybe see his mom once a year and the dad like every five years. And so he was more or less, I'm sure, felt kind of abandoned. And I think he got molested, abused, you know, just, you know, he's a little vulnerable kid Mm. and um and he was working um late at the office with this other younger guy I'd say he was about maybe in his 40s early 40s and the kid said I gotta go and he's like no we're not done and he's like yeah I I gotta go I'm going Mm. and he's like no and the kid got up started running So he got up, started running after him, and then he could hear something running after him and breathing, and he got terrified and ran down into the parking lot, but he said he felt it overcome him, and then he was in the parking lot just ranting and raving and, you know, yelling and sweating, and and the kid called his wife, and the police came, and and she took him home and then he after that he couldn't go into the bathroom by himself he um couldn't go back to the office and so she's like you know we got a problem here you know so we did a couple of regressions and cleared but he wasn't very um like he had that kind of macho i'm fine i can handle this but he was really having a problem so that's why you know he agreed to it and so we're clearing most of the time they'll just go you know like that person's on board they're like get out and you Mm. know and they go Mm. and um so we did a lot of clearing and then he comes out of it and he goes in the bathroom here and i had another client coming and he's in there kind of a while 
And then he comes out, and he was standing, like, right there by the door. And his eyes are like saucers. You know, they're really big. And he's just sweating. And he's going, (gasps) and he's staring dead at me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to fight, physically fight with an attachment now. Mm. And so I thought, so I just, you know, thought, well, I'm just going to talk to him. So I started calling his name, saying what happened, you know, and then he kind of came back up. Mm. And they'd gone in the bathroom and challenged it in the mirror, and then it came right back, which was not, I said, don't do that. It, Mm. you know, you're giving it a, I said, from here on out, you get any thought of it, just forget that and focus somewhere else and don't give it any attention, you know, and I, we did one more clearing after that, but Mm. yeah, I mean, he was pretty, I mean, like almost fully possessed. Yeah. And yeah, but he, we were able to mm. kick it back mm. out. <laughs> but it, he opened, you know, by doing that, he was more or less challenging it to come back. Yeah, and exactly. and he, yeah, yeah, didn't have a strong immune system yet. Mm. So, what what is like the when you have been working with different people with regressions? What's been kind of the most meaningful, or I don't know. I'm, just interested in hearing some kind of aspects around it or pers- mm. like yeah i guess you know there's been some people are really good subjects i mean like they just go under and they're in it and they're yeah. lots of people cry or get scared or you know they have really um they're kind of extreme feelings but they're honestly what they've already been having that's been holding them back mm. from like one was um, she's a student from Chapman's mother and she was married to a prominent man in um, Mexico and he's abusive and scary. And I remember the first time I did a readings for a couple of the family, I could just see this dark mm. thing there and I'm like, you know, like that's yeah. creepy and you know, her sisters had issues with it. And the youngest that I'm kind of friends with now, and she's gone on to become a doctor, but she, um, you know, can also see dark energy. And I think she kind of came in as the youngest child to sort of, I think he was a little afraid of her. Mm. But the mom finally did a regression because they kind of had to escape, basically, you know, hide it families and get asylum and yeah. you know everything and so they became citizens and they're all extremely smart family but the mom um, just never moved on really and she went under and had a past life in what seemed like Spanish Inquisition and it was like her parents were taken off in their land, you know, like she'd come from having something to nothing mm. and was put under the, like as a ward, you know, like when she was like five under this kind of starchy, mean woman that made her scrub floors and mm. all of that. And, and there was like a son that just was really mean to her, like it really would stare her down and, You know, and she was scared of him. And then finally, when she was like 14 or something, 
she was outside and he was saying stuff to her and coming at her and she was panicking really bad and I sometimes with people I have to say you know it's okay just float up you know and and, you know and then go back and because it's better if you can work through it Mm. and he beat her to death with a stone and you know just was like he hated her and it's funny but that's her ex-husband and so and I've seen a few cases of that and then they come back and then they marry the person and they're probably supposed to be doing better but they fall into old ways yeah and in her case she needed to stand up to him and Mm. get past her extreme fear and it cleared it Mm. and then she divorced him after all those years you know she had never been able to finally do it and then moved on and remarried and yeah so yeah um, it's, it's like i've heard also people saying in this time we are now that it's like mm, i i'm a big supporter of following you know the where you you guided like we talked about right uh, so i i think to what extent you need to look into different aspects of uh, reality or how things are connected depends on where you need to find your way yeah uh, but i also heard recently a few times people talking about this this time we are in or this now that this concept of going back to past lives is kind of uh is kind of dead it, mm-hmm. we don't need to do that anymore the car the like the um Akashic records are already cleared and all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure. It's like one, in one uh, aspect, it makes something of, of it makes a bit sense. Mm-hmm. But in another aspect, I, I don't I don't believe it's that simple, you know, in the sense yeah. that you can escape it or just ignore it in the sense I that... I think for a lot of people that may be true, yeah. but um, there's... I get people that are having a problem that they like one girl she um had eczema her entire life just really bad and mm. she'd read Brian Weiss's books when she was 12 because the friend's mom gave it to the friend and the friend wouldn't read it so she liked the mom so she read it and mm. you know she had a master's and and um she was just for some reason she's going through this bad time she found me and I think people that need to find me find me and she was here eight hours I mean it was really in depth but she really got stuck in kind of an in-between area and it was dark and she said she thought I had a flashlight because she could see a light moving and I've Mm. heard this a few times now Mm. and so I'm but I didn't know that until, but she said she could see it over on the other side of the room, like, like I'd be shining at her from another side, but could hear my voice where I was. So she knew it wasn't me. And, and she was terrified. And we finally got light to come in and like got her free of this place. I don't know what it was, but it was somewhere, I guess, a part of her soul or something Mm -hmm. had been stuck. And I told her that, she would recall anything that from this lifetime that was affecting her upon awakening. And then, you know, and we got a little bit into a past life, but, you know, I brought her out at a certain point, you know, it's diminishing returns, you know, you just get what you can. And, yeah. and, um, she just sat up and she goes, 
Oh, and she remembered when she was three, her dad left the family and that was it, gone. And her mom had to, you know, take care of the two kids and the mom was resentful and kind of took stuff out on her. And finally, um, the dad's mom came and stayed with her like a nanny and she just loved her. And she was so close, but she remembered having the thought, I'm going to have to take care of my one-and-a-half-year-old sister. How am I going to do that at three? She was thinking this. Wow. And, yeah, and she just got, that's when the really bad eczema started. Hmm. And by realizing that and letting that go, you know, that she had carried subconsciously that whole time and now as an adult she can look back and understand that was a fight or flight childhood survival fear that didn't didn't happen and then her eczema cleared up Mm. and she'd been to doctors and and you know it's to me it's a good idea if you have a physical problem go to doctors but if if they're saying no you're fine and it's not clearing up good chance there's something out you know there's something Mm -hmm. psychological and it's your body trying to tell you something and it's the same way with anxieties phobias fears they're trying to tell you something Mm -hmm. and it's in a that way that you don't always understand logically Mm -hmm. and it's not you know people i think that are saying hey it's all in the past it's all good there's no 100% thing, and I think it's a little bit ego to, you know, yeah. to make proclamations like that. Yeah, I think so, too. But I, I also think, like, like, everyone has their own journey and needs the things they do. Yeah. And I, But I think for me, when I think about this whole past life uh, idea, that mm-hmm. uh, when I look to my journey, it's one big aspect of it has been just to have... Uh, references that kind of connects the whole thing together and makes me trust more that it's all connected so to me it's just just having the experiences of like meeting you going into regression just the experience itself is valuable not uh, with with or without what actually happens in the experience you know because you're Um, actually moving into who you are beyond your body because people change sex gender Mm. religions i've had people go back to other planets yeah i mean we're you know our cousins you know Mm. but everybody's got a different um path and history and and a lot of people want everything to fit in this box of Mm. this lifetime neatly and there's those things that just don't yeah Yes, but do you uh, do you experience? Is there a big difference in how people, how easy it is for people to to connect with it? Like for me, yesterday when we had the regression, it was like very different from the last time, and mm-hmm. I was I I caught myself in <laughs> trying to like not analyze too much or That's like the, the process of coming into the into the space i was kind of struggling a little bit to like okay does it look like last time or should uh-huh. i do should i do better you know like <laughs> the, the inner dialogue was kind of struggling a bit but yeah but still i realized my body was actually going down 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 into it so 
Yeah. So I, I realized it was still working. It was just my my inner dialogue going on. That's what's yeah. funny about hypnosis. Um, I, the first time I ever did, I did the same. I was really doing more like, I don't know. I don't think I'm under. I can mm. think. And, <laughs> you know, I'm making this up and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And But I did see a few things. And then the next time um, I was in a class, it was uncomfortable. We we're on the floor. And, but something about it, I just, ooh, you know, I just went mm. under and mm. I, but I started getting glimpses of the life that affected me the most. Yeah. And it took me four different times to put the whole thing together. And the last one was when I was doing um, hypnosis training, but um, yeah. And it, it, I usually tell people up front, you know, what you, I use this example, I say, think of a bird. And then I'll say, what'd you think of, you know, and they'll be like, and I hear everything, crow, bluebird, mm -hmm. penguin, you know, yeah. and then I'll start saying, well, where, what was it doing? And what's the background look like? And, and they'll start answering the questions. I go, that's all happening in your mind's eye. That's where the, the information comes mm -hmm. up at. Yeah. And they've wired people up and, and seen like when you're doing a regression, it comes out of the memory section of your brain mm. or when you're imagining it's a different section mm. and people come up with information, you know, that you could yeah. verify sometimes. And, um, to me, that's not really the point, but you know, it's yeah. interesting. And I usually tell people as best you can, your body will be relaxed. Your mind, it's called a focused state of concentration. So your mind isn't asleep. Mm. You're not a zombie. I've had people get up and go to the bathroom and come back and go right under. It's it's really just a, like a alpha wave, you know, yeah. one step down from consciousness. Yeah. And when they land and when they get there, think like a reporter in a, a weird environment that all you're doing is collecting facts. Yeah. You're not analyzing it at all. Yeah. And then that kind of allows people to start talking. Mm. And I've even had people, like, if they're struggling, like, I'll say, okay, so just imagine this, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and start describing that. And then they'll start describing, yeah. and I'll usually have them go to a house or something. And 99% of the time, that's the house mm. in the past life yeah. that they need to go to. Yeah, yesterday, was I, what I was struggling with a bit uh, was that, okay, so without going into the details, um, I had when when I came here, I had a really clear uh, memory that I had, you know, yeah. revealed through actually being uh, actually fainting through a, a needle mm -hmm. from an acupuncturist. <laughs> so I, that brought me into a clear memory of something that I didn't have too much information about. Right. Like, so, so that was that was a thing, um, and that set off a kind of. And that that was there was a link from that to to a person, and then and the whole regression actually turned out to be, let me see, three. Was it three or four people that I know in my life today right. that came up through that uh, regression? Yeah, one, and two, three, four. Yeah, I think yeah. four, five even. I think there was a fifth person. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there yeah were so my struggle was that I wanted in my my head i wanted to add information that made sense mm -hmm. you know from from the things i expected to see right um 
but I was amazed about the information that came out when I let go of that part and yeah. just connected everything so neatly together. Uh, yeah. Usually once people start describing mm. and I that's why a lot of times I'm asking like well what are, what what are the clothes like? What are the shoes like? What yeah. tell me about your hair? Or tell me about their hair and you know it sounds really mundane mm. but they they you start forgetting to analyze and then you start yeah. kind of paying more attention to what's happening and then you deepen in and then mm. you know there's I have some different tricks for yeah. kind of working around resistance mm. but mm. ironically um, sometimes people that are um, really like metaphysical and they've studied all sorts of things and they have all these expectations mm. sometimes they have a worse time mm. than like an engineer Mm. or a doctor because they come in and i say okay do this do that and yeah. they're like they're very good rule followers and yeah. you know they're left brain but they as long as they're not opposed to it or mm. you know and and initially sometimes i'll hear you know I, i'm seeing this you know and i'm like okay because honestly like brian weiss he said you know, you what if you're at the pyramids and you see a Volkswagen pop up? He said, "It maybe it's a symbol for something." Mm. Normally, people are pretty, you know, much in it. Mm. Like they're they're like it's like they're watching something, yeah. and it it comes up a lot of times, sort of like in scenes, you know, not like a continuous flow. Mm. It's like this image, and then you might get a little video clip type thing, and then you get a feeling, and then you, you know, you get some knowing about the connections, and it just yeah. starts to kind of flow together. Yeah. Huh. Uh, one more thing about that just reminded me. I've sometimes in my life I've had uh, experiences where I see things in my inner mind or I sense it like mm -hmm. now th this whole thing about needles yesterday mm -hmm. I was looking into if okay was there more about it I wasn't sure you know and it came to me later that it was not necessarily needles but more like knives you know oh. and right now also when you talked about it like this sense came back to me like there, there's knives in my back you know, oh. scratching or, or uh, cutting in my shoulders interesting uh, it's, just an, it's just a sense that, that i can allow to be there yeah and i've had other experiences like that where it's kind of someone cutting my head in like what is what is this called in english this your area? temple yeah like yeah. there is some someone with a knife there mm. and i I've, I've realized that if i resist the feeling when i sense it it just gets stronger you know it, it interesting and one time i had this experience that there was a meditation in a huge room with a lot of people mm -hmm. and this thing was coming this this image of of uh, the wow. knife in my head that's probably uh, another one to look at <laughs> yeah and then i and then i allowed it to happen in the meditation like okay what what happens if i don't struggle to have yeah. the experience again or whatever right and that it led me into some kind of experience and that oh. uh, that just played out actually about two other people in the room yeah I was, I was seeing them there doing something and this ah. just played out and 
and then it was gone. I didn't think more about it. Interesting. Well, you know, sometimes when you meet certain people and they're from a past life, that's what happened to me when I met my husband. About a month or two before that, I started getting a terrible phobia about being strangled, and I've Mm. never been strangled, and I was just, I was having nightmares. I was kind of mystified by it. And then I dated him for six months and broke up and went out with this other guy. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm in love, you know. Mm. And and the whole time I'm just like, nobody can touch my neck. I'm ha- And I, you know, choking. Like, if I'd get upset, my neck would turn bright red. Mm. And, you know, all these things that are just like, where's that from? And in hindsight, I had a lot of illnesses like around my neck and Mm. even down to thyroid issues and you know and it was because both of them were in the past life that affected me the most you know the the my husband was my son it was like I was really young and I was married off to this guy because I was pregnant by like a church elder Mm. and I was like 13 or something and my mom noticed and married me off and then that guy was just horrible controlling would yank me around jealous and Mm. eventually just choked me out when the sun was about 12 and just killed me you know and and I died thinking well I'm not doing this again I'm not getting married I'm not having Mm. kids I'm not you Mm. know I'm going to take care of myself (laughs) and and I that I think was in the maybe the 1500s and it seemed kind of like maybe Italian Alps or something because there was like farm and um and I just uh I think I waited all that time to deal with it Mm. and I had nightmares with that guy in it and I mean but after I finally put it together it's like oh that's why I didn't want to get married or have kids in this life Mm. you know and and I think if my husband hadn't been my son in that life, I probably, I mean, I didn't marry him for 10 years, but I probably wouldn't have married. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just like, no, no, it's not mm. safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. interesting how those things are connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they really, it'll either be like a fear, um, something suddenly happens with your, you know, those feelings like being stabbed yeah. or tightness or back problems. Or you'll meet a person and then it's on. Mm. And you can do psychology, you can read, you can intellectually pursue it all you want. But when you have a panic attack from it or something, it doesn't help that. You can take medicine Mm. to try to drug yourself out of it. But it's a lot easier to just kind of get down to the core of it, clear it, and then, then you're free. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so there are times and reasons it's helpful. Mm, mm, Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think we are to the end of the episode. Okay. It's been uh, very interesting, and I'm so happy that you wanted to join and be part of this. Me too. It was great talking to you. I always enjoy talking to you. You've been listening to the Infinite Podcast with Ulf Tundavriti <laughs> and me, Einstein Rabbe. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, yeah. 
and um yeah or on facebook or yeah follow us on facebook yeah uh and also we've now made a patreon account yes so if you like this podcast and uh, would like to support us go to patreon and check out our infinite podcasts site there um your support would yeah we'd really appreciate possible it. for us to to make more podcasts it takes a lot of time we enjoy it so much to do it uh but we also have you know regular jobs to pay the bills and our dream is to be able to do this full time yeah and, this um, this is our full time this could be our full time baby job. steps uh yeah. towards that dream and we want to make more episodes and uh continue to share it with you so that would be great actually i realized when we talk about it we haven't even explained what patron actually is so we'll yeah it's like a s- support site where you can um support uh, a uh, well a business or a artist or an artist or whatever um, that makes something with the um, i guess like monthly um donations could yeah. be like from a dollar and upwards yeah right so a- a- anything would be would be great we would be so thankful and Absolutely. and you would be thankful because we're doing yeah. this for you yeah and it actually gives it's um it's a good feeling sometimes to actually help the things you care about so if you're listening to uh, to us and you you care <laughs> care about us <laughs> but i mean i mean seriously it it's it's uh it's a good thing to to contribute to the things that 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 matters to you so yeah, that will we're help not them grow. asking you to to uh to pace unless you actually want to see this podcast uh grow and and uh, yeah unfold into to what it's about to become infinite greatness yes thank you thank you thank you